Thank you for tuning in to listen to this sermon from the Ville Church. To find out more about us and our weekly scheduled services, please visit theville.church. And we can call him Father, that we have the ability, the God of the universe, to say Father, and he, he responds to us as his children um, when we submit our lives to him and trust Jesus Christ with everything, with everything, our houses, our stuff, our plans, our dreams, um, that even though hurricanes and, and flooding may separate us from the things we love, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's the good news. And it's, it's amazing that we can lose so much and yet still have so much to be grateful for, eternally grateful for, to have eternal life in Jesus. So um, this morning I'm going to read just a psalm. Uh, it's going to be, again, a short morning, and then me, um, Nick Verichoff, and Jay are going to share a few evidences of grace that we saw uh, throughout the week. Um, but I'd like to read a psalm with you guys. Do we have the slides? Okay, cool. Uh, it's Psalm 29, and I believe this is the NIV version. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf. Sirion, like a young wild ox, the voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. He shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks, strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Amen. Um, So today we're here because we worship the Lord who sits enthroned over the flood. Uh, The God who rules forever, who gives strength to his people and blesses his people with peace in the midst of anything. Um. And so, again, this morning we're going to hear a a few evidences of grace, of where we see God in the midst of Irma and and the aftermath. And the the question is, really, how does God's grace align with a hurricane? How can those coincide together? And it's a good question, because when we think of grace towards us by God, when we think of being blessed by God, um, we think, you know, getting a random check in the mail that we didn't see coming, and we now have some more money. It's like, I'm blessed, right? We think we're blessed because we get to go on fancy trips to certain spots. Like, yeah, I'm blessed. Or when we or our kids um, were winning at school, at sports, at just life in general, we feel like, I'm blessed, right? And when everyone's laughing and everyone's having a good time, man, we feel really blessed. And yes, Those are definitely things that highlight God's grace towards us. But today, I actually want to talk about something different. All those are extremely comfortable ways where we feel grace. But what about 
uncomfortable grace. How does God grace us by being uncomfortable? And, and this is, uncomfortable grace is basically when God gives us what we need and not what we want. So uncomfortable grace is when God gives you what you need and not what you want. Um, when his ways are not our ways. And, and this is actually when we have to trust that God is indeed good. Even when we are tempted to look around at our surroundings and think otherwise. Because when things are going great, obviously anyone can say, oh, God's good. But when they're not going great, how do we still hold on to the fact that God's good and, and trust that he is working for us and for the redemption of the world? Um, so uncomfortable grace. Where was I uncomfortable over the past week? Um, I think for all of us, we could probably say the hurricane hit us at night, right? And that's a scary time because you can't see anything. It's dark. We're all trying to sleep. We have children. And I, I know my wife was extremely scared of hurricane or of tornadoes that might pop up. And um, I'm sure many of you were too. That you're just hearing the howling wind and you couldn't see it and didn't know what's going on. So it was very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Um, I know that this week it was uncomfortable finding out that our, our building flooded, that it was flooded throughout the whole building. Um, and, uh, you know, having to run around all week, make timely decisions of what to tear out, what to throw away. Um, and those took priority over all the things I had planned to do this week that were going to be, you know, these amazing, awesome things that I wanted to do, but none of them got done because of the flooding. And also, I was uncomfortable. I was physically tired this week. I was physically tired, which also means I was mentally and emotionally tired too, but I was physically tired because I haven't been as physically active for a week stretch of just nonstop moving, tearing, cutting, whatever, for a whole week in a long time. And there's still more work to be done. There's still a lot more work to be done. So these were just three ways that I was, I was uncomfortable this week. But I want to examine these three things and kind of share three evidences of grace um, with you this morning. Um, so the night of the hurricane, uh, the first, first thing that was grace towards us was that he kept us safe. No one got hurt. He kept us safe. He, re he reminded me and us how fragile we are, how like any moment it could be over and how we don't live our lives like that, that we think we're in control. Um, he, he reminded me of how ungodlike I am, that I don't control nature, and I can't, I can't be reigning over things, that I have to submit myself before the forces of this world and then trust that God is with me. Um, he also reminded me, he graced me, because in seeing how fragile things were, I was reminded, man, I cherish Jen, my wife, and my kids. And I just saw how quickly things could go. And then I'm looking at them like, man, I don't sit here and think how blessed and, and amazing it is to have them in my life and how much I love them in just the day-to-day -day normal. And so through this hurricane, I, I, was, I was just really blessed by that. Um, so I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for having new eyes to see what's real and what's true. And to just even see my wife and my kids as the blessing they are in the midst of, you know, being scared and terrified. Um, the second thing is 
when our building was flooded, we, lo- we lost a bunch of stuff. Like, we lost a bunch of Kidsville stuff, couches, tons of different stuff in the building. Um, we've been ripping out the drywall because, you know, the insulation and mold and all that stuff. So we're ripping that out. Um, but in, in the flooding itself, the response that we've gotten from other people, churches, and organizations is insanely humbling. I mean, you ask Jay. When Jay comes up here, I'm sure he'll talk about it. It was nonstop people asking what they could do to help, how they could be here for us, what do we need. And we have churches and Christian organizations just flooding us, no pun intended, flooding us with more concern and aid and manpower than the waters of Irma, like far more. So whatever Irma did, there's been a much bigger response to that, which is, it's crazy. And it it reminds me of an article I actually read um, maybe, what was it, a few weeks ago. And it was about this atheist journalist and he would go all over the uh, world reporting the most extreme situations. So he would go into the worst famines, the worst war zones, natural disasters, and he would be in the heart and the thick of it, in the worst parts of the world to report to big news agencies what was going on. And he was always perplexed for years and years. He was always perplexed because anywhere he went, no matter how dire the situation was or how isolated it was in the world, Christians were always there when he arrived, and they were there far after he left, like far longer after he left. And he said he hardly ever, if ever, came into a situation where Christians weren't there before him and weren't there after him. When no, and he couldn't say that for any other world organization, any other religion, but specifically Christians were there. And that was the biggest testament in his life that actually turned him to come to the faith. Because he could not figure out why Christians cared, why they would sacrifice their lives, why they would go to the hardest places and serve these people when no one else would. And um, when I think about it, the world will focus on destroying. Like, when we hear about the hurricane, either Harvey or Irma, the, the only story that gets told about Christianity is about how one church in Houston didn't open its doors. That's the big story. One church out of all the churches in America, didn't open its doors. And what's not told is the truth that Christians are giving four times the amount as FEMA, that they're the ones leading the charge and resourcing and giving aid. And this isn't to to uplift, like, ourselves, but it's to say that we actually respond to a giving, loving God that compels us to love others in desperate situations and in need. And it proves something. It proves something that it's real. This is real. Um, and, and God's grace is shown through his body, his church. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievably beautiful picture. So I know of at least four churches, at least four churches this past week that have supplied us people and um, resources to help clean this church today. Like yesterday we were here bleaching the whole place, cleaning it down, and there was probably 35 people here and five people from the Ville. So 30 other people from four different churches just show up to help out as well. Um, and, and many of you, I know, many of you have, you know, helped us, helped your neighbors, whether it was on Wednesday, um, helping us, but your neighbors throughout the week. I know even like uh, Mamie got 
I saw her yesterday. She was scrubbing so hard, she had open sore blisters on her hand trying to get this church ready. Like, why, why does she care? Why do some of y'all care? It's because you're compelled and you're, you're, you're evidencing the love of God towards you and your life and giving it out and sharing it for the church and other people. And so it's, it's so encouraging. And even yesterday, some random organization, a Christian organization, I think it's like, I forgot what it's called, but it's like the Christian Girl Scouts. And they just show up and they're just like, hey, we have bagged lunches for all of you guys and we just want to hand them out. And it's just like, constantly being reaffirmed in this. And I know even Jay, like, churches come down, I think one came from Tennessee and other places, but they're just dropping off supplies. They come down just to drop off supplies and then head back, just so we have some stuff. And again and again, we're just reminded that, man, this is, what a show of unity and amazing that, like, God's grace reigns even in these situations. Um, And that the body is functioning exactly like it should, giving of itself and helping others as a unit and as, as a family. And, and that's God's grace. Um, and lastly, just me being physically exhausted, that exposes me. That exposes me. It gets me off my routine, and it, it, it just shows me, uh, it's zeroed in, like, how much I'm in need of Christ and God to sustain me and strengthen me, like the verse we read says, and how much serving uh, the needs of others is only done by being supplied with strength from God. Um, I've eaten a lot healthier this week to get more energy. Uh, that's a random grace thing. But I just eat, whenever things are going fine, I'm just eating whatever I want. But this week, I was so tired. I'm like, I need more vegetables. I need more fruit. I need more energy drinks. I need more anything, organic, uh, what the health stuff. Uh, there's a list somewhere, I'm sure. But I'm like, eating good. I'm feeling better. And I'm like, what a weird, odd thing that happens through this hurricane, because the, the need's so evident. And the thing is, the need's always there. We all, I think, intellectually know that there's always need there. But when it's so, like, evident and you can see it, you're just like, okay, let's go. Let's serve. Let's do this. And you feel, like, filled up. You feel life. You feel like, man, this is maybe what I was made to do, is actually love others, love my neighbors, and serve people. Um, so God's grace to me in being tired is the fact that I need him to sustain me and um, supply me strength and give me peace in the midst of it. So those are just a few things um, that I saw this week. And I actually want to bring up Nick Verichoff. If you know Vic- Nick Verichoff, give him a hand. We're going to bring him up right now. Where's Nick? Um, Nick is a fireman in the city. And uh, he'll tell you, I don't know how many days he worked in a row. Probably like seven, eight, nine with a f- like 45 guys in the firehouse. And it was crazy. Uh, but he's going to share a little bit of how he saw God's grace play out this week. Thanks, Jeremy. Some of that's true, not all of it. But I got to admit that, uh, you know, the topic is evidence of grace. And I first got to start off, hey, Addison, she's waving me, is that the grace that I saw, let me tell you about the, the lack of grace in me during the storm. We had been busy all day long. And uh, we finally, I think it, it may have been like 1130 at night, and we were uh, finally starting to just, you know, relax. We were exhausted. And we've got a, a sign on the front of the firehouse that says, Ring Bell for Emergencies. So this guy rings the bell like at 1130 at night. And I go out there. I was, right, I was right there by the door. I go out there to the door. And he's like, I need some gas. And I'm like, and it made me really irritated because you, that's not an emergency. So I told the guy, I said, and I actually said to him, I said, hey, knucklehead, you don't ring this bell 
for gas. That's not an emergency. And I said, look around. There's no lights throughout the entire city. And you think you're going to get gas here? We need it too for our chainsaws. Anyway, so that was what was going on in my heart. But, um. All right. Thanks for sharing, Nick. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jeremy's like, why did I bring you up here? This wasn't planned, so I came into church, and Jeremy and I discussed it a little bit, and I started thinking about it after he told me that this was going to be the top, one of the topics today, and so I think it was two days after the hurricane hit, I was working a fire over in, um, like over Monument, McCormick, that area, and I remember, uh, man, we were exhausted because we just left a fire, we went over there to that fire, and we were doing some overhaul, trying to make sure there wasn't going to be another fire that started accidentally. And in the middle of it, you know, as soon as we got done overhauling it, checking for, you know, hidden fires and putting out anything, you know, any embers, stuff like that, this lady kept on coming up to me saying, hey, do you guys need anything? You need any water? You need any food? What can I do for you? Thank you so much. And then once we were finally done, I remember someone pointing at her saying, that's her house that burned up. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I've never seen somebody so kind to us when their house burns down. And so it wasn't until that moment that I realized, you know, what I had been seeing for the last, you know, three, four days was just that, you know, people were more concerned. It was as if time like stood still and people were more concerned about their neighbor's needs and not their own. You know, when we would go to someone's house with a tree that had fallen through their roof and destroyed their house, you know, they were, they were content, and they were, they were okay with it. And I, always, and I heard them saying the same thing over and over again is, man, I just hope that my other neighbors are okay. Or, man, I'm, I'm just glad that we survived, and I'm glad that, um, you know, I'm, glad, I'm just glad that we're here right now. People were content, and the people that had the problems were going and helping their neighbors out. And it was just, for me, it, it was just awesome to see people extending grace to their neighbors and, and more, worried about their own con- more worried about their neighbor's concern. And so when Jeremy, Jeremy and I discussed that, that's, that's really what hit me. And, you know, it was pretty awesome to see that. So that's my evidence of grace. Thanks, Nick. All right, so I'm going to bring Jay up here. I don't know if anyone's had a crazier week, week than Jay. Uh, so he'll, he'll share some of that, uh, but I think it's uh, evidence of grace that Jay's here right now. So because of that, he's going to share a little bit. Thank you, brother. Hey, hey. All right. So, wow, evidence of grace. So, man, God is, um, I don't even know what to say or whatever. Like, you know, in the, in the you know, most of y'all know, our, like half of our house got flooded and then the church got flooded. So this has been a, a as Jeremy said, a crazy, exhausting week because it's just been, um, I don't know. It's like you kind of just get dragged along trying to respond to everything, you know what I'm saying? And you try to make decisions and everything else, but it seems like you can't think ahead. You're just responding at the moment, you know? And so um, it's just been rough. It's just been a really, really, really rough week. But, you know, one of the things, I'm going to just kind of start to when I first kind of showed up in my house. Uh, my, my neighbor called me on Monday morning, and he was like, hey, yo, you need to get over here and move this car. And, um, and I was like, all right, what for? Because the car's in the front of my house. And he's like, the water's about to hit the car. I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying, brother. The car's in the front of the house. He's like, bro, your house is done. 
And so I go, <laughs> I go to my house, and if some of y'all been there before, like my living room sits up probably like five feet, and the water was just at the living room, at the glass in my room. And I just remember going outside, and as I looked at it, I had this just feeling of being super small in the moment. Um, and probably one of the most, like, fearful moments of God that I've had in a long time. Um, not, like, scared because of my house, scared for my home, or scared for what I was going to lose, but just watching the water, which I'm used to being out at the bulkhead, being that high in my yard, you know what I'm saying? Not like your yard is flooded, but literally the ocean has come up to your house type of deal, or the river has come to your house. And I just felt small. But in the moment, I also felt like this crazy gratefulness be, be, before God because I just had an extreme sense of his mercy. You know what I mean? And the reason I had an extreme sense of his mercy because to see that happen, I'm like, it's only God's hand who's even holding it where it is. This can get as crazy as, it, as, we, as man can even fathom or imagine whenever you, it, it, it can't, just period. We don't have no control, right? Um, so that was, huge, that was a huge moment for me. But one of the things that was really big, too, is that, um, as Pastor Jeremy was saying, we had so many organizations hit us on the phone. And so I had another church call me, and they were like, hey, we have a, a crisis team. And I'm like, you got a crisis team? You know, I'm like, we, 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 I don't know if we got a crisis team, you know, but we're, they're like, we got a hurricane response team. And I'm like, and so I'm trying to figure out they're legitimate. And I'm like, all right, so y'all like put that together? Like, you know, like, wh where'd that come from? You know, and they're like, no, I just came from Houston. I work with a, a real company or whatever. And then, you know, they brought me over here to respond to needs in, in, in Jacksonville. And, and I have a really long list, and you're the first one on it with a star. And I'm like, hold on. How did I get the star on the name? You know what I'm saying? And so, so I tell her what's going on and everything, and she's like, She's like, I have a good, I said, you know, my, the, like the, my, my crib is like crazy right now, whatever. And I said, I got to get this drywall out because it's going to rot and it smells horrible or whatever. And we just trying to make it or whatever. And she's like, I have somebody there tomorrow and I have a team the next day. And I'm just like blown away. But this is what got me. When a team shows up, almost everybody has snow white hair. Seriously. You know, straight up. Everybody has snow white hair or whatever, right? And so I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking to them, and I'm like, so, hey, where do y'all live? And I'm thinking they're in the city, and one guy's like, no, I'm from Nashville. Somebody else is like, no, I'm South Carolina. Another guy's like, hey, I was just on vacation with my family. I got the call or whatever and jumped, came back, jumped in the car, and drove over here. And it's just what's getting me is that I'm thinking, okay, maybe you got like a little insurance game on the back end or whatever where you, it was none of that. It was just like they're like, this is what we do. And... I just felt like, you know, how people are like yo respect your elders, boy. If they, ain't, I, I was like y'all are y'all are gangster. Like, like I, I was like I just couldn't literally, literally for real. I was just like y'all are y'all are some gangsters out here for the for the Lord because I just couldn't believe that they drove all that way and they literally like yo where else can we go? Um, they're like, yo, come, come drive us to. We want to go through the east side. Like, we want to find some people who don't have insurance. And, like, it was just, like, they weren't, they were just, that, that's, that, that's that gospel gangster type stuff. I don't know what else to call it, but it's like I envy it in a very huge way because it wasn't, they weren't going through all the details of what was in the way. It was just, like, where's the problem and just point us to it. That's it. It wasn't, like, it, that's kind of far away. They weren't measuring all the obstacles. They were just, like, yo, we got Jesus. Where's the problem? And that's it. 
And they came in and they just they prayed, laid hands on us, prayed for me and my family, came in, cut the drywall out, got a circle out in the middle of the neighborhood and prayed, and they were gone. They're like pointing to somebody else, right? And so that's been huge for me. Um, that's just been really huge for me because it's something, um, it's just beautiful. I don't know what else to call that, but it's beautiful. Um, it's the type of maturity that I long for in my heart, that I just, I'm, I, I want Jesus to continue. I, as I grow old, I want to grow older. I want to be like that. I want to be going further to that and running towards that. So that was, it's, it's well worth it just to see that one thing right there, right? Um, a couple things, another thing, you might not think it's a big deal, but um, now I only have two pair of shoes to pick to, through in the morning. These, these are a little jacked up with drywall and stuff on them, but, you know, two pair of shoes now, whatever. It's very easy or whatever, you know what I'm saying? The problem is one is orange and blue and the other one's yellow, so the outfit game is just going to be strange for a minute, so, but we're going to figure it out. You know, but that's a blessing or whatever, you know? Um, hold on. I had to put this stuff in my... Oh, yeah, I got to preach to the Jags last night, too, and so... That, that was absolutely amazing, and it was just good to have to share the gospel um, in the middle of all of this. You know what I'm saying? To go through the gospel myself and rehearse it from my heart and get to preach it. So that was absolutely amazing. Um, but I want to read this scripture right here. This is Nahum uh, 1.7. It says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Um, It, this is a, a beautiful perspective in the midst of going through um, things that are kind of dramatic like this, right? Is, and, um, and for me, it is, it's, it's dramatic. I just want to put this on there or whatever. It gets crazy when you got nine kids or eight kids, excuse me. Well, I have nine kids, but eight with me, to drag around in the middle of all this, right? So it's like you go to a hotel you got to figure out how to get all of them in there and do life in the middle of that. So it's been, like, perplexing, right? And so even this morning, me and my wife woke up, and she's like, hey, we're going to need, you know, we need to do this, do this. And I'm in the bed just brain dead, right? And I'm just like, and then we, then we, we, we almost, you know what I'm saying, about to get into an argument and stuff. And then I realized she's just tired. So I grab her, and I just hug her, and we kind of hold each other for a minute. And her, being the, the real holy one, throws on some praise music or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and whatnot, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I'm just like, what I'm, what I'm looking at is how God does, he never moves in the circumstances, right? He, 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 he never moves in the circumstances, and it's good for us that we move because we get to see how faithful our God is in the rough times and in the, in the highs and the lows and all of that, right? But God doesn't change. He doesn't change. His love is perfect. It's everlasting. It's steadfast. It means that he hits every, it's, it's constant. When, we, when we're tripping out and we're biting at each other, when we're kind of flipping on each other, when we're like frustrated and we're mad at my, our neighbors and everything else, and when we're just perplexed and we're like, God, what are we going to do with this? Like, God, this is, you know, because at first I'm like, yeah, you know, God is good, man. We're just standing strong in the storm and all that. And then, and then I start realizing, I'm like, yo, this is like a two-month process. Like, you know, they're like, yo, you're going to have to bring a contractor. And I'm like, what? You know? And, and then they cut out the walls, and I could see out the house to the side. I'm like, so we're just going to let animals come up in the crib? 
Like, is that what we're doing here? Whatever. I was like, you know, like, you know, and I'm just kind of like starting to size this up. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy. But God is faithful in it. He's faithful. Even being here this morning to be able to sing and worship God with everybody. He's faithful. And another thing, too, is we say all the time, we always go, it's just stuff. But like when your stuff is actually floating up the river, you start, that, that gets really real real quick. It gets really real real fast if it's really just stuff. You get to see where you're really at with that. When you, you know, your furniture and the stuff and your pictures and everything you love and your documents and your whatever, your laptops got water in them and all that. You're trying to log on and, and the lake juice is squeezing out the side when you hit the button. It ain't cool no more. Now life is real or whatever. And so um, it's humbling. And, you know, and I just, I want to say I just really thank God for even, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not convenient. Um, but it's a blessing to have a God that his promises don't get moved in the midst of this, right? And, and also a God who actually tells us about this on the forefront, where he says there will be trials, there will be tribulation. But because of my son Jesus, this eternal promise of eternity with me is always, it's unshakable, right? So what we got to flip out about, right? Right? We ain't, we ain't perfect, so we're going to flip out because we're crazy like that. But when we really, really look at the cross and we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ and we look at the promise of salvation and eternity and a God who loves us so much that he would send his son, what in the world do we got to flip out about, right? And so that's what I saw in these older people that came to serve. That's what they were standing on. And they were just taking what they knew to be true in the gospel for them, how rich they were, and they were just lavishing it on my family and lavishing on anybody who could get it, right? And so when I saw that, what I was praying in my, I'm like, God, I pray that our church, and, 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 and as we keep looking at the cross, that we just walk the streets. Like, who want to get this good old Jesus stuff? Like, who, who's ready to get it? Like, just ready to just lavish people with love, not shaking my obstacles, not shaking my heels, not even shaking my own craziness on how we injure each other sometimes, but being able to forgive, knowing that the tools and the things like forgiveness and long-suffering and patience, they're strong to, lock, to knock down walls of hostility, right? They're strong and they're a present help for people and they're a help for us as we build fellowship together and as we go out and impact the community. So that was huge. Last thing also is um, we had some guys come from Nashville, three guys, just filled up their trucks and drove, nowhere to go, like not connected to any ministry deals or anything, just loaded up our truck and started driving, slept in the Walmart parking lot, um, somebody mentioned you. And they just dropped off this stuff, pampers and everything else. And so it was amazing because we got to go across the street and we knocked on every door at the apartment complex and we got to meet some people and they came over and we were able to bless people with some stuff. And so God is, he's still showing out in the midst of all of this, right? He's still showing out. So he's good. Amen.